Hey now, cheers, welcome to Where Wine Takes You. Welcome to episode, and do we call this number 23? I'm not going to call it number, I think I'm going to call it like 22B or 22 and a half or something so I don't mess with my numbers. Anyway, this is the first time we have had a part two. We're going to get the last half of our conversation with Neil Collins of Lone Madrone, Bristol Cider and Heike Wines, as well as MCA, Mark Adams of Ledge Vineyards and Adams Ranch. We called this episode Authentic Paso, salty stories with some really self-described salty winemakers. It made for some great and real conversation last week. Now, if you have not listened to part one, the episode, it's right before this. You definitely got to. But so you remember, because these themes will play again through this conversation as we get into the second half. I was about 15 minutes late to the interview because of my full-time job on the radio. And they never let me forget it, by the way. Neil wanted to buy a little Sinso from MCA to absolutely no avail. And I used the term commanding a price point in some question early on. And that has become almost an inside joke in and of itself throughout the episode too. It has been a lot of fun. So I want to get right into it. After the combo, we'll talk Wine Fest, which is this weekend. Can you believe it? And where were we in the conversation? Loosely, it was about the path both these guys were on, where it's taken them, and some of the newer things that have been able to come of it. And I believe we come into the conversation with Neil expanding on that. So give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Super cool though, right? To yeah. watch, watch winemakers, wine family makers, watching their stuff come into focus. It's a great way to put like, it. Like, why is Mark Adams making Tanat and Zinfandel? Right? <laughs> you were. Yeah, I was. And I do too. And yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, why is Mark doing that? That's interesting. But then you watch as we all grow, and me too. It's like, what is their because we all we didn't grow up in winemaking families. Right? We're not the sure. we're not the Pren families, so we don't own Chateau Neuf de Pop, right? So we're going, okay, what are we doing here? Trying to find our footing. What do we what works for me? What totally. am I what am I good at? What do I like? What But works? there's also trying to find your footing and then landing at like I mean obviously, you know, James Berry because you have the relationship there, but Biendecito, G two, yeah. uh, Dante nec- Ducey's vineyards. You don't necessarily realize that though. Right. You know? so right. Then, oh, yeah, I can get James Berry, but so can everyone else if they if they get in line, you know, I had it for a while. You don't realize because you work there and you're a friend with Justin that that's what you're going to hang your hat on. Well, to, to be, right. to be fair, we, we make under 100 cases of James Barry. It's a little blessing from, from that relationship, right. which we're all grateful to have great relationships with farmers. We can buy fruit. The situation with us is we're also trying to farm a vineyard. So we were we realized that to not as, as much fun as that was to play with, it's a gorgeous fruit to play with, and it does well in many different styles. Zinfandel, the same thing. I, I grew up with the Ducey family, so that was wonderful for us. But I realized that I didn't want to farm those grapes. I wanted to farm Rhones. And as we got... So uh, why? Why as, didn't you want to farm Tanat? Well, I... I, I so don't, part of it, you I don't, don't, th- you don't, don't think it's like going it to be better as, than G2? I don't, I don't like it as much as, as I like Syrah Grenache, for one. Okay. Like, I'm a huge fan of Rhone varietals, and so is my wife. And we already have experience with Syrah and Grenache doing incredibly well on the ranch. 
and we like how that plays with other other Rhone varietals and so we had a conversation about why don't we hyper focus what we we can't really afford to expand the vineyard and buy fruit from G2 and buy fruit from Ducey and John Rolfe mm-hmm. so we had to cut our cut some losses and it was brutal to do because we made the first vineyard designate from John Rolfe's vineyard and and the Rolfes are lovely people mm-hmm. and he was very excited that we made a Grenache from John Rolfe and it was like oh my god it has nothing to do Hillary farmed farmed it yeah. brilliantly and it was it, it was a gorgeous wine, but we couldn't do that forever. We still needed that money that we were paying for tonnage, for labor, and infrastructure in the vineyard. And it was a on your own as estate. That. Yeah, we need to 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 focus on our estate and hyper focus on it so that we can maintain. Are it. you going to plant some whites? We are. Yay! Nice question because we're excited to do that as well because we were getting Grenache Blanc from G two. Um, we're mad about Neil's whites, either from from Lone Madrone or or Tablas. Uh, so we have a little bit of Grenache Blanc already planted out there. We have Roussan, a good amount of Roussan. Oh, or, nice. Ordinarily uh, dedicated to uh, co-fermenting with the Syrah, but we are uh, what Adams Ranch aims to be. Uh, 2023 and beyond is one white that is Roussan based followed by Grenache Blanc followed by Claret that's going to be our white and then the the red will be you know GSM Senso Cunois you want to sell a half ton of Roussan fantastic you do What's that? You want to sell a half ton of Roussan? I'm not selling any, no. No. No, I can't afford to. Yeah. We've, we've got an acre of it out there. I'm putting in another acre this year. and we're What does an acre yield, like, as far as, like, a ton. ton? A ton. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we, it's, it, it's absolutely uh, not about quantity. I, I, got, um, I got burned early on by hanging too much fruit. It, it, it was a practice that, that I'll, I'll – and it was because it was our, our place – and I'm like, oh, yeah, we got all this fruit. And it, it turned out that the, the wine was really good, but I had issues. I had some issues um, raining in raining in the project. It, was, yeah. it, it didn't have the it same. It out of hand. It, it was just too, it was too much fruit, and it didn't have the ripeness that was optimum. It's so cool. The, guy, uh, the whites are coming from you soon. I'm excited. That's really, really cool. Yeah. you have anything coming up on your horizon as far as new wines or whites or skews that you're going to be playing with, Neil? Besides the hike, it of course. The hike is already out there. Yeah, um, we have some Vermentino in the ground. Cool. And we have some Vacares or Brunagente in the ground, which I'm not sure where that's going to go yet. Probably into a, a sheep camp blend, I would think. But no, I mean, really, there is a new project which you don't know about this yet either. But Jordan, myself, and the owner of that vineyard are doing a Cabernet together, which cool. will be sheep camp Creek Estate. That's awesome. Nice. And super cool. Super it's like cool the only projects. time I've heard that, that name uttered. It's, that's, it goes underneath our driveway as you come into our place. Right, and on its way to Jack Creek, right? Yeah. Because they and converge. It, and it meets at, uh, well, at, at Jack Creek Winery area. Right. So that was always funny. It's why we don't have rattlesnakes is because we're surrounded by Sheep Camp and Jack Creek. And and, and they really? get in. They're, yeah, they're they they have not. I mean, but but uh, James Berry, they get rattlesnakes all the time. <laughs> That's a trip. I'm going to try and give you a, a preview here. Live and I should there. knock on wood uh, because uh, yeah, right, know, something. No, no rattlesnakes. But I mean, my brother and I had free range, and it was always just king snakes, gopher snakes, garter snakes, but never a rattler. Yeah, man. What are you going to show us? You're going to show us some. Uh, I'm going to show you. It's an Adam Welch at its center. But that's the... 
Oh, oh those look cool. Awesome. I love that, like that old like seabed. What is that? Like a? It's a horn. It's a ram. Oh, horn, it's a ram horn. I thought it was like an old, like an oyster fossil or something. Well, it might be. No, that looks really cool. That's awesome. I love the font. I want a T-shirt as a Rams fan. Yeah, that's awesome. a really so cool the, T-shirt. That would be a cool T-shirt. So to to continue the same game, so Adam Welch drew the horn. He's brilliant. You know. Yeah. All of this. Yeah, he's fantastic. Shelby Ventura, who is a Templeton High School friend of my son Jordan. She did the artwork for us. She designed the label for us. That That's awesome. so cool. Templeton can, continues to give to the wine industry. Right? Which, is, <laughs> which I always say it's so cool that now we have an industry people can stay in town. Like, both my children work in the wine business, and if they didn't do that, what would they be doing? No, you're right. You know, it's and Mark and Justin Smith and all these people. That Well, our thing is with Elizabeth is that we, we hope that she goes to either UCSB or Cal Poly. And if she doesn't, then I think that we're, we've got a strong enough community where hopefully she comes back. And, you know, like your kids have, they're putting all their weight into what Neil and Marcy have worked so hard but to do. But there were so many years, and my kids didn't go to anywhere, but they went traveling. Yep. And, you know, when they were teenagers, wine's stupid. You know, I would sit at table with you guys. We'd sit and blabber on about wines and aromas and they were Jordan and Oscar are stupid that's where Elizabeth is now right yeah just, you're just ridiculous zero Dad. interest so we sit up one night drinking wine oh that's interesting yeah and now <laughs> but then they went and did harvests all over the world and they come back like Pastor Robles is cool mm-hmm. you that's know awesome. and they're back you know I that's mean, so cool Jordan's doing this show and Austin works at Tobles Creek you know, he's in the vineyard at Tobles Creek. Which is How much do you have to weigh, like, imparting? Obviously, he's learning from you, but imparting things you want him to know versus letting him come to you and ask and find himself. Oh, it's so annoying now. Is it? Yeah. Now it's like we're sitting there and I'm saying something. And he's like, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> of course. Right? Which is fine. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've been there in your life. They grew up right now. One of the coolest comments that that I heard was Austin at some point said, you know, when he started working in the winery and actually not our winery, but in wineries around. So he did Burgundy and New Zealand and Boca style and blah, blah, blah. He said, so all these smells that I spent my life growing up around, like in the vineyard, flowering, stuff like that, all these stuff that I grew up around, now I'm seeing where what that is, what that place is, right? So the smells of flowering in the vineyard, which he didn't care. He was riding his dirt bike or a scooter or whatever it was through the vineyard and he's smelling it and it was in his head but he mm. didn't really know and in the cellar during harvest all those insane and now he's like that's what that is mm-hmm. you know, that's and that that's gonna be cool for you that call was so cool when he said that to me it was like all right that's i hadn't even thought about that yeah but yeah because what we do the aromas of what we do on a day-to-day basis i mean even now where there's not really a lot going on in the vineyard aroma wise but the, the smell of the dirt the dust the vines the you know when you're working the green the it's all it's all there and, and that's so cool and it was just really cool to hear a kid that grew up around it but didn't think about it then realize what it was right and how important it was yeah that was how important funny. it was yeah it's like a high five you've imparted something that it, it's worked it's come full circle a little bit there's an understanding like you talked about coming putting something I into don't focus know that it's a high five to me i think it's just it's high five to the, I was lucky enough to put them in a position they could grow up. You know, like Mark grew up on his family's ranch. Mm-hmm. Mike has grew up on 
the Tablas Creek Ranch. Yeah. Right? Which and I know yeah. which I now left. I know I live in town, but Austin now lives in the family home on Tablas Creek. That's yeah. You know, so, <laughs> which is super cool. So, yeah. And he loves it. You know, but it all circles back to Terroir Matters. Terroir right. Matters. Just that whole thing, like the whole feeling of smells and aromas and vineyard growing fermentations. It's such a cool thing. Like it never gets tired. Right? Yeah. It never gets old. It gets old in like November when your wish harvest was over and you were done doing that shit. But then now I'm like, oh, you always I've never been more I can't excited wait for, for harvest, harvest in right? my life. <laughs> totally. Ever. Is that right? Than oh, this year? I, I just can't wait. But then in November you're like, oh fuck. I've yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice when this is over. Yeah. Well, there's also a sense during harvest of of having to bring your flock safely home to have it safely in barrel to have your fermentation all put to bed ready and, to go and, and a sense of accomplishment with that and it's so much hard work and and uh to 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 send it home is is that and I, and after a while and you know uh, where where neil is is uh working with the topless creek stuff and his own projects you know i'm i'm lucky enough to be able to to ferment our stuff at Saxon when I help out there and I'm able to hang out with Don Burns at Turtle Rock and hang out with Keaton who's got his own Peck and Burrow label Yeah, he's doing and, pretty good with that. That's and, cool. And uh, so the, it's like the, the boys are back, you know, the, the, the band's back together and even though those, I mean, it's still, for me, it's that. I, I you know, I, I don't, I can't um, I have to. I have to be at, at our place to to deal with, with with what I'm dealing with, which is a constant. There's always something to do. Yeah. Um. But but come harvest time, it's like I'm there the whole time, and it's a it's exhilarating. It's it's blast. It's, it's indescribable. You still don't want harvest. people. You still don't want wine club members helping you at harvest. And I have to let everybody out there in Radio Land know <laughs> that please don't ask winemakers if you can help out during yeah. harvest because yeah. Cal Poly interns on the other hand yeah. they're studying yeah. enology yeah. Well, come on up but it's sort of like oh it sounds fun I want to step on some grapes I want, you know, it's but like, it's not well, like you don't thank you so much but you're doing everything right by just by allowing supporting us to do this. supporting yeah. the industry <laughs> oh, we got this but it is indescribable how much fun and how deep harvest is yeah right? I mean, from the very beginning, you know, the first grapes, and it's like, oh, oh, oh the Pinot's coming in. <laughs> right, sure. And every year, it's like ridiculous that you get giddy with it because you've, you've done it for so many years, but every year it's the same. And that, whatever it is, for me, it's like the the Carver Cab in the Fermenter, which I've been doing forever, and it's like, oh, it's still intoxicating. I'm still, yeah. like, multiple times a day just, like, lifting the lid on yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're still in there? And, still and this time of year is probably the time where you're starting to get all that Smelling. giddiness, right? Like this, you know, we're, like, in mid-end of May. Flowering. And, oh, flowering sure. Is yeah. the flowering. Moment Fla- flowering is a very like, tense moment, uh, too, though, because you don't, you're hoping. Okay. The weather's so weird right now, and we've had these unseasonably, you know, I... I I started dryscaping around the house. That was my my pandemia thing to do was work on music, but also do landscaping and vineyards. Its own thing. And and before the pandemic, it was like we, I would come here. I'd be a regular here at the cider house. I would be out and about. And so you know, it was like, well, I don't have time to 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 farm. You know, do much around the house. Anyway, long story short, I put in this this dryscaping situation, and I lost a bunch of of aloes due to like crazy late cold mm-hmm. like it, there was some really really chilly nights uh there was that, that was relatively recent now right now we're getting into flowering is is coming 
and we're going to see what the fruit sets are like. And it seems like we've, we're the, the last frost is over, but it's still a tense time. And then we talk about winds and what else might you know. And we've had crazy winds recently. Yeah, because the the, what, crazy. It feels like April, May, June is when the winds kind of do their thing right here. Yeah, I and mean, it's always I always remember like hospice do run and and unseasonably cold, you know, April. Like it's like weird, it, you know. All all of our friends from France are coming over, and we're gonna have this hospice drone <laughs> thing, and it's freaking cold right. at six right. o'clock right. in Paso Robles. I right. was talking to John Lindsay, PG&E meteorologist. Wow, he, I'd like to talk to him. I'd like to shake his hand. Right? Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> know. I've never seen the man. No, he's an awesome. Well, I'll, yeah. I talk to him on my morning but show I read, often. I read his work every single day of my life. Yeah, you know, but same, uh, my, my wife is a big fan. He was telling me this week on my morning show that this is likely to be another hot summer like it was last year. I mean, we had many, many days of north of 110. I mean, yeah. and then it's not like Paso's not used to hot summers, but last year was just like, and of course it was made more problematic because of, you know, fires all well, over the state. Oh my God. It's going to be no different. There'll be right. less fuel this year, which is a good thing, I guess, yeah. in that regard. But I mean, are, the, are the grapes, do the grapes the want another hot summer? That's going to be scorching again, I'm yeah. sorry. But yeah, it, why, why won't it be? Yeah, I mean, it's already, shoot. What were you gonna say? I was going to say, what are the, do the grapes want? Another hot summer like 2020. Well, I mean, the issue is, and I know that no, Neil, Neil, Neil and I share this idea that we, we try and dry farm as much as possible. Uh, and, and in our case, uh, there's absolutely no, no option for us, especially with certain blocks of new wine, uh, new grapes to, thank you, uh, to, we're, we're irrigating. We're irrigating so things I've that we would, we would rather not. Uh, we got that one big right. storm of what we we were. I don't know what Talbot got. Uh, what was the rain for that one like ten days? Probably like a foot. It was, it was a three day storm and it was twelve point seven one inches. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were we were in that neighborhood. And that was well. it though. I mean, yeah, if we it, hadn't had that, there was the mistings. Be, we'd, like, be out, we'd be like four. Little, right? Yeah, yeah, nothing. So we're it's dire times right now. Um, and so for our young blocks, I mean, we're still on the same. We have a well that's at two hundred and some odd feet deep. It's and it sustains my my. Uh, Mark dug it by hand. No, no. Well, <laughs> it's a bucket. <laughs> yeah, and my donkey. Uh, but but yeah. So we're fortunate enough to have a, a decent little water supply, but we're still very judicious with with water. There, there is an interesting thing there, and like I'm I'm all about the dry farming. Loma Jones is all dry farm vineyards. That's who we buy from. Not. I mean, Sarai's and the Chenin Blanc. No, not Chenin Blanc. Sarai's the exception. And the Nebbiolo, which are about to try. All about the dry farm vineyards. And what we've seen is the established, which we should exemplify, like established, you know, not two-year-old, dry farm vineyards have weathered the the heat of summer better than the irrigated vineyards, right? Because presumably because the roots are deeper and they're not reliant on surface water so much. But what happens, you know, dry farming is a funny term because it's not really dry. It's reliant upon rainfall. <laughs> so at what point do we not get a rainfall that we can continue to do this? That's that's a worry. You know, it's a worry of what we're doing. And the varieties we're going in, this is another subject where we probably shouldn't go down that road. But, I mean, there's varieties that do better in this, this heat than others. And... If it's going to continue to change, like we, I think we all think it probably is. Survival uh, to the fittest, even with the grapes. Well, right? it's what are we going to do? You well, know I've got mean? Grenache that is just uh, happy as can be that, that doesn't see a ton of water. Totally. I mean, Vermentino, Southern Rhone, I was there a couple of years ago, and I keep telling people this, like, 
people are like it's moving it's moving people are like vermentino plant vermentino because we see it tell us it it just flourishes it mm. doesn't care at all about the heat no. you know it produces no. a huge crop don't need to thin it don't need to it's just like yeah whatever because yeah. yeah it lives in sardinia Mm -hmm. totally we've got a project on Adelaide Road which I'm super excited to see these uh, Greek people or family are planting Greek varieties right which that's not a bad idea right now sure yeah because they're used to living on Crete right (laughs) you know and it's pretty dry over there right so that's you know I think that's a a thought for everybody I mean think about because I think the in France, I'm seeing in Southern Rhone in France, they're feeling it worse than we are. Mm. Well, yeah, they just had that snap. And it's just like every year it's getting hotter, and their Appalachian Chasson of the Pop, you're not allowed to irrigate. You know, I think they're petitioning, like, yeah, but we you should know, they've be got allowed that. to irrigate. Uh, you go over there and you look at, we went to Julian Barreau's place, and he's got his tasting situation set over an open well, and you can see the water table. I mean, they have a different situation right, but it's cha- water-wise. But it's changing, you know, and it no. used to rain all through the summer, and it's, it's be- that's beginning to change, and there's not much you can do about that. You know I mean? Think about, think about Burgundy. You know, that's what keeps boggling my mind, and Burgundy is, I don't think anyone's going to argue with me saying, that's the coolest appellation on the planet. I mean, a white Burgundy and a red Burgundy, I mean... Yeah, it's, game over. It's sure. done. Yeah. I mean, we can all go to bed at that point, right? Yeah. What happens when that snow, if that gets to a point where, and God, I mean, if I was a praying man, which I'm not, but if I was, don't let that happen. Right. So what if that becomes, oh, I guess it becomes a Syrah Appalachian at that point. Right. right? Then it becomes Northern, <laughs> Northern Road. Right. <laughs> which is funny, but it's not. No, you're right. You know, it's, and it's out of our control. No, I mean, we have some control. Well, we have, we have we the control start, to adapt. We can start behaving better and not being detrimental to the planet, which that's a whole other subject. But yeah. I do. I do worry about it, and we do think about it. We're all seeing it. We're all dealing with it. We're all dealing with dryness, and and I, I see, I feel like there's less, that there's more heat than there's less cool for me at Tablas Creek. Like, it doesn't get as cold as it used to. Ah. You know, apparently we've. I'm just seeing more dramatic shifts. I'm seeing extremes. We've had more. Jason keeps telling me we've had more cold below a certain temperature this year than any other year. But in general, we don't have the hard freezes, particularly in the spring. Like, like say 2011. I used 2011 was the last time, and I've always always until I moved to town. I was always in charge of frost protection. April of 2011. So I would do a dozen nights a year where I'd have to get up and get everything running. No one's got out of bed, really, for the last four years, since 2011, when it was devastating. Mm-hmm. So that's changing, right? That's a, that's a very strong indication. That's, that's not a short period of time. 2011 was 10 years ago. Right. And so I'm sure there's, someone's going to come up with data that contradicts me, but just watching what's happening at that vineyard. Just anecdotally we're what we're looking at. Right. We're not turning equipment on anymore like right. we used to. Uh, we got Neil Collins. We got MCA. We got out of this um, Adams Ranch. Talk about this wine for a second. Seventy-two before. degrees in Paso Robles right now. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy-five and sunny. Sunny Paso Robles yeah. coming at ya with cheap trick. <laughs> yeah, so we're 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 excited to to narrow the focus and just to piggyback on on what Neil was talking about the um, the sturdiness of certain varietals. We've noticed that the Adams Ranch is gr- gr- stunning. By thank the way, you, sir. Mm-hmm. 
the Grenache uh, and the Syrah are are happy. The Grenache is absolutely the happiest, um, and and the Senso would would take number two. Senso is just thriving. That's Loves the Senso that you can't you can't it's not buy, there yet. Neil. No, yeah, no, well, he, won't, he won't. He won't. He won't even let me look at that. App. <laughs> don't even, <laughs> don't even, don't even <laughs> go to the house. Don't even think about it's it. Like, can I go look at this? No. 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 <laughs> Before the sentence, you, you is can't finished. even know where it is. It's a fresh and quick no. I'm not even going to tell you where the block's at. And then but, Neil yeah. poured his Nebbiolo. Did you yeah. try this one yet, Mark? I, I'm loving it. Oh. So this is from Glen Rose up on Peachy Canyon. This is not a dry farm vineyard. It's an irrigated vineyard. And I just did a, uh, I do a f- every other Friday night-ish conversation with people that interest me. And last Friday, it was Randall Graham, which was a total kick in the pants. I mean, he's he's... He's an incredible mind, right? Too much for me, maybe. But I bring that up because when I wanted to start making Nebbiolo was I went to a Bonnie Dune dinner. It, what was then was Boozies. You remember Boozies? Oh, yeah. Downtown? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he pulled out. I moved out. here in 03. It was just like towards the end of Boozies. Man, that place. So he pulled wow. out an a unlabeled magnum and he... He introduced it. He said, to quote Alice Cooper, welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> and he, he poured that bottle, and I just I was just like, okay, I need to make this, right? I need this. This is the coolest. And I think, I still think Nebbiolo from I mean, Barolo, and it's, it's with Burgundy. But anyway, I was intrigued by Nebbiolo, and I literally, I, I was, did my stint in France. I came back to live at Tablas and be the Tablas guy. And Don Rose, the grower at Glen Rose Vineyard, was like bought all his vines from us and called me in, and it was like I went in, like his entire vineyard was dying. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you because I don't know anything about this, but really glad I'm not you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and I have Nebbiolo. I'm like, you have Nebbiolo. He's like, yeah, nobody wants it. Like, I want it. Yeah. So I bought the first crop. It was like 913 pounds, I think, and wow. that was. It's controversy whether it was 99 or 2001, but whenever it was, I've been making it every year since. Do you tell the places that you source grapes from how you want it farmed? I'm not really that. One of the problems for me really is that my job is at Tablets Creek and I'm there, so I don't have as much influence as others. So my, my gig is to find people that farm the way that I want things farmed so like i'm not gonna tell david bailey how to farm sure right i'd be in a shallow grave if i even tried right right and and he farms organically and he produces great fruits so well you trust him because he knows if stuff. i don't like what i'm it's buying like when i got fruit from the deuces i'm not gonna tell big mike no. how to farm or sure just, you know I'm not, yeah no. i mean if that makes you, sense if you if i can't trust them I, then i don't buy from them it's a, a new luxury having jordan on board that he now goes to all the vineyards a lot more and he has a lot more relationship with them and that's that's been cool, but I just try and buy from people that grow grapes the way I want them. Yeah, you what know? about pick dates? I and mean, really, sometimes if you, we we choose the pick dates, but I mean, if you, generally if that's you're, really the that's really if the, you're dry farming, there's the not the a sweet, lot of the things. sweet spot of, of a winemaker, in my opinion, is is pick date. Totally. I mean, that's that's the it's beginning. the most important and, decision and, we make. It, it, it is. I it's mean, Alpha and Omega, and then it's the only and then decision. it's just like don't f it up in the cellar. Sure. Yeah. Right. Stay out of the way. Now, do you um, obviously you probably be pulling the, 
Graham Smith at the same time that Justin would be for James Barry. Are you kind of saying for your stuff, pick dates, or it's kind well, of... He totally tells Justin Smith how to call Everybody, <laughs> calm down right. here. Calm, how dare you? Uh, so the, the situation... There would the, be no James the, Barry. The situation... Right. Mark Adams. <laughs> the, Let's be fair. Crying out loud. The, the situation uh, is, for me, is that I, I desperately want, and this is, this is different from James Barry uh, on a lot of levels, and that is that's something that is, you know, that's, that's his... He's the master of his his domain, and for me, what I really would like is to have a, a field blend. I, I desperately want to pick everything at the same time, but the reality is not is not that the Grenache gets picked a different time than the Syrah does, and that's just how it is for us up there. That, that said, if if I could design. Uh, and, and we're doing that, so this is why we're planting Sanso, we're planting Kunwas. We're, we're, you know, Can I buy some Sanso? No. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to clarify that. The, the, uh, <laughs> we're going to try it one more time before the show ends. <laughs> the, the idea is, is, that, is to have everything that's going to complete the blend in the vineyard. And that's, that has always been a dream of mine. Of, I mean, I'm a fan of simplicity. And that's low-hanging fruit. You said, well, you are a simple... That's why you like me. That was an alley-oop, Neil. You didn't bite. (laughs) Uh, But I want to have the three main wines uh, as long as as I'm blessed to to do the James Berry, then then I'm all about it, and be in the Cito Adams Ranch. Eventually, down the road, we hope to be self-sustainable and have one white and one red from Adams Ranch, and those are field blends. That's, That's the dream. Very cool. I'm totally into that. I'm jealous as hell on that. Because no. I think it's it was the Tobles Creek goal. Tobles Creek business plan was one red, one white, yeah. and it's out of hand with <laughs> with. Well, it's funny. I remember I remember the thirtieth anniversary. There, I was talking to Jason. I think you too. We were in that we were in that bar room right outside, like that tasting area, and these you know just a crazy amount of wines and that's what uh, they were noting that you know in the beginning it was supposed to be you know a rouge and a blanc and rouge blanc no tasting room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the right. cool so thing about now there's 20 different wines or 30 different wines, well, and the tasting room is the the engine. That and don't you do single bottles of all? Don't you do single varietals of all your? We do, but it became really. I mean, again, standing on shoulders, Mark Adams is going to be able to do that because the ground has been laid. Yeah, right. I that's, mean, that's right. You look at you look at this wine. Okay, so when Tobles Creek came to town, that's not such a good example. But Roussan. Nobody really knew what Morvedrin. Nobody really right. knew what was going on with that. Yeah. I mean, people were well, well, that's the Tobolus clone Roussan that's in that blend, right. of, of course. But yeah. Sanso, I mean, it was here from long ago, but it was not a well-known grape. It's so many grapes that that weren't known then, because because was Cab and Chardonnay and Zinfandel, and I mean Justin Smith planted, I think '97 he started, or somewhere in there he started planting some Rhones, but Tobolus already here. Right, so that's now now you can do that, and it, and it's great. I used to go to tastings and I would take the varieties like Morvedre, Grenache, Syrah, Cunois. I mean, like that's awesome. I have these four reds. What would you like to taste? Like the Syrah. I'm like, how about the Morvedre? I don't know what that is. How about the Cunois? I don't know what that is. Can't spell that. You know. How about right. the Grenache? Is that pink? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no. These are. Yeah. And so that has evolved, and and to hear that is that's what it should be. I mean, it should be. I'd like to make two ciders. You know, it's like it's yeah. that focus is really important, and that's the evolution of the Appalachian where Mark has done all of this. And it's like you know what, 
redden away from the Adams Ranch is where it's at. That's what's important. And and to be fair, we tried. You know, we tried with the Tanat, and the I we, I took G two Tanat, and it was gorgeous, and we loved it, and nobody knew what in the world it was, and we were paying a premium as we should for the fruit, and it was a, a not sustainable for us, and so we cut that out of our contract. And it and, you want to buy some Tanat? I'll say some Tanat. You can buy. Trade you some. Trade you I some. Trade you I don't know what's so. not getting through to you, man. <laughs> but I am not involved in the Tanat game anymore, nor am I in the Zen game. But this is this is sort of what we're going full circle on here. Yeah, is that we're hyper focusing and 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 what we're able to sustain on the property, and 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 for us that seems like you know they've been doing it in in, in France forever, and we're huge fans of the Rhone varietals. So let's see now. Down the line, should we, you know, uh, Kunwa's doesn't work for us. We're just finding out now. Roussan's a beast. We're, we're going in We're going in again on Morved. We're planting another, you know, acre of Morved. Are you interplanting these for the field blends? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing rows. Okay. Never. So I, I ripped out a row, uh, a, a, a block, and we're going in this year, and we're, we're planting Syrah, Morved, Kunwa's, Senso, Claret, Grenache Blanc. We already have the Roussan. We're doing a little more Roussan. And so, so but, but the idea here is, is that we're going to find out. get a little Bourbonlanc in You know, don't think it didn't cross our minds, but that's not. we're not at that phase of the experiment yet. Like, we're still realizing. We know that, that Grenache absolutely loves it. And Syrah is, it's, it's strong. But, uh, again, we ripped out a block of Syrah because it was struggling. And also, that was the first block that I planted. And I didn't have my game back then. This is when I'm still going back and forth. Do you to, have your game now? To pay, yeah, I got my game. Game on, dude. <laughs> Polo uh, But it was God back and say. forth. The fourteen dollars eBay. Crocodile. So you know what I'm saying. Like we're yeah. we're getting into a, a, a mode now where we can go. All right. How, and if this doesn't do well, I ripped. I already ripped out Morved because it it was doomed. It was it was already doomed by the by the neglect that it suffered at my hands when I was learning how to farm grapes. And now we're going like, okay, well, let's try. It. We're back in. We it's want, not easy. We're going to get our lumps again, but we want more ved. So more ved and Roussan, neither are easy to farm in my experience. Yeah, but they're worth the money. Right? Yeah. They're, well, we're really hoping they give we're trying you to figure out the spot on the on the property where the you know the the adage of and the, they do like water. Right. Both of those. Yeah. Both of those boys. Borbalonk's good though. The first finish of Talbot's Creek was good. I would say the second vintage is even better. I'm kind of excited about it now. And it was one that Bob Haas was always excited to see. He thought it would do well here. So I'm intrigued by this that. This is aromatics and roundness, yeah. right, this grape? Yeah, it's got some, no, I would say more acidity, bit of structure. Okay. And it does have some weight, but not like Roussan. Okay. And I'm still learning it, so I yeah. certainly am not claiming to know it. But yeah. it's feeling like a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as like Sanso is right, which yeah. people have been growing it forever, but now we're yeah. in, and we're right. following our first Talbot's Creek Sanso this year. We bought our first Lone Jones Sanso. I love this year. it in the in the in the press. Sanso's like bubble bubble yum bubble gum. It's got this yeah, glorious. It's it's yeah, not. well, it is in the air. It is in the air. And in the glass, it has different. It's got plays. it's got this super cool spice character. I, yeah. I, I think it's one that's going to shine in Paso because, and it's also it doesn't get too. And for me, and I'm, I'm I have my likes, right? So it's not huge. It's like a delicate, spicy. Doesn't get super alcoholic. It's not heavy. It's a it's a pretty wine. It's got complexity. Sanso secrets so out. Sanso and Kunwa's. Yeah, 
Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. as we keep evolving, you know, and that's the thing with, with Paso is like, yeah, Sorrel was great and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. how about these other things, right? Sansone, Kunwa. I'm curious to know if you uh, had the Baccarat. luxury <laughs> to taste the first Syrah uh, that uh, that was made at Australia River Winery, the, the the one that was supposedly the first in the I United did not. States. I had yeah. a 79 Australia River wow. that Gustavo gave me for okay. my birthday. Nice. My 50th wow. birthday, he gave what me a, a 79. Oh, that's special. And it was great still. I mean, it yeah. was old. And of course. But you could see where the... You could see the... The, the sparkle dream, you know? in the old man's eye, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And... Now it's hard to come by. Why is that? Well, Gary, everyone needs to get on the game there and make sure that's available to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Gary? Yeah, come he on. brought a, he brought one in the studio. My birthday, my birthday year is seventy eight, and he brought in a seventy eight Australia. It was pretty cool. And then he wasn't that happy with the way it opened up, and he's like, "You know what? I swear this will no come back this weekend, and we're going to do another one." And sure as shit, we we did it. I came back that weekend, and because he insisted, and he opened up another one, and it was even pretty. Like these wines, Paso's got some ageability, huh? Totally. Well, the, well, talk about the vertical that we had at Tablas when we were, we were all out there, and it was the white, ver- the vertical of uh, right. it was Roussan, uh, but it was the Tablas whites. We, how far back did we go? It was a one. Was the one of the, if not the greatest tastings, vertical tastings for sure, but it was up sublime how how great all of these whites tasted. Yeah, the last your- HDR that we had in person. Well, I mean, the the uh, you know the first day is like the library wines, and Tablas was like the darling of the room, with that with the old Roussan, the old you know. Those I mean, old wines. the the older whites are showing so well. Yeah, like the O one Esprit mm-hmm. is out of control right now. Yeah, which maybe someone thought that might be the case, but to actually see it in reality, because no one's no one in Paso Robles has aged a Roussan for that length of time before, yeah. right? That That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And so to see what it can do and more vet is doing the same thing. All of the wines, all of the wines, most of the wines from Tablas, the frontline wines, the Esprits and the Coats and or, or the Rosés, maybe not so much, but are aging incredibly well. Right. So you can drink the early, mid-2000s right now and they're, they're shining. Mm-hmm. The, the 2005... We're not here to talk about Tablas, but the 2005 Tablas is like <laughs> the moment right now. It's, is it? It's, a, it's an incredible wine. It was, it was bready, so it had that awkward stage when I was younger, but now it's like, oh, man. Yeah, I have that so with cool. a 2013 Adam Tranch. This is the overcropped wine that I was telling you that I had yeah. an issue with, so I hung so much fruit. It comes in at like 13.5. It had a kiss of the only wine that I've ever had that had even a kiss of Brett. And and I and I I reject Brett in my practices now, but it was there and now it's freaking gone, and it's gorgeous. It's thirteen Adams Ranch, one hundred percent Syrah, one hundred percent whole cluster, one hundred percent neutral oak, and it's a baller right now. And we held it back because people were like, "Well, this isn't what I want." <laughs> you know, it's the beauty. I mean, not the beauty. It's one of the things of Brett is that it makes it awkward early, but it keeps it fresh longer. It seems to me. And then when it evolves, when you get to the point that you're 10 years out, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this thing's singing this right singing. now. And I was worried that I was like, well, shoot, I don't, you know. And my wife loved it and, and, and all. Of, and we're, we don't have a, a Brett block when we drink. 
out, but we do in our production. We, we, oh, it's easy to love it in someone else's wine. Well, right. true, <laughs> absolutely. And so yeah. in in our in our cellar, we we it doesn't it pass muster, and it's rare that it happens. But uh, it, it, this was a situation where we simply could not not bottle this wine, and I was shitting bricks because this has got a little Brett. And didn't know you did that. I never knew. And, you and there, uh, I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring you this. This. I thought you were always bottle. like cool as no. the cucumber. Oh yeah, of course. That's me. Cool as cucumber. Yeah, never, yeah. It's, never it's, it's upset. The never worry. <laughs> uh, and and so, but, it, but it is gorgeous, and, and exactly what Neil's saying. So we're we're looking at you know eight years out or whatever. Carry the one, and this thing is is gorgeous, and it, and it's barely totally good business program. You know, but. A great well, no, thing no. To have this you is the thing: right is that it it is, and I and I open this. We have a, a friend came out. Uh, our our friend Dylan Hallis is a chef at, at Spago in Vegas. Whatever, just to put it to connection, and a couple other like psalms that came out, and we're just like, dude, Thirteen Adams Ranch is is where it's at. And like you're saying, just give it some time, have a little bit of patience, and see what wine can do. And it's amazing oh. how yeah. even if you're nervous up front, just give it time. So you know, it's like an awkward you know moment in childhood. It's the you know the the black swan. You know? It'll smooth out. Totally. And and, and I, I'm just saying, stick to itiveness has is a very valuable skill to have in this industry because you just have to wait with farming, with winemaking, your decisions. As you go down the path, you can recorrect it, and 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 or not correct it, or just wait and be patient. And, and it doesn't always work out, but a lot of times we're talking about farming. It's a like long a, game. Yeah, it is it's a absolutely. Long game. I mean, the, one of the it's the lifetime, and then and generations really. One of the great things that winemaking, viticulture. Jean Pierre Pran told me once, and obviously this is podcast, so people can't see, but he told me like we learn like this much every year. And we just hope that we can use that in a future year. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. like, you know, that happened. Is it going to happen again? Maybe. But if it does, boom. It's such a... Yeah, but ready. Everything you do, everything you do in a venue, you do all these trials, and we're always doing yeah. trials. It's tough. It's like, well, was it that that worked, or was it the fact that the weather was completely different, and right, this was different, right. and that was different, and the vinification was different? There's so many factors. And I was in a really bad mood when I picked that. Yeah. Right. You can't tell. <laughs> that was a terrible to. picking decision. Yeah. That was, you know, this cold soaking is that for me now? Like when the the amount of time, or if to cold soak, like for now. And this is my current, this is, you know, the past three years. As it used to be like mandatory, I'm going to cold soak for three days or more. And I'm just going to, we're going to seal it up and I'm going to come back and that's just going to do it. Now it's just sort of like, now it's all, when it rips, when it goes, it goes. When it goes, it's time. Just completely when it's, when it's kicking off the CO2, then let's, let's do this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready when it's ready and let, let it decide what goes yeah, that's on. That's kind of our, that's a, the Tabla Saloma drone thing is like, we don't, cold soak intentionally but it's all native yeast so it's like yeah same we're all we're all native too you you we, go, we share that bond we we're both wild fermenters you go when you go you go when you go and it's like okay hurry up and go right yeah, <laughs> yeah we're ready for you to go the, that is a thing and especially Early in the season I'll, I'll say and, and for whatever reason i don't know but bienecito is something that that fruit has taken longer to kick than the adams ranch throw off the same exact clone it's the same clone same building it's the same building, and you've been there. I see that Cork Dorks was here. I see it every time I go no there. No way. <laughs> you know, on the chalk. I you forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And it's this. We're talking about, uh, uh, you know, 
the Lamborghini of facilities. So it's we got a good control here. And it's interesting how, how fruit, thought, fruit from different uh, venues. I thought this was the Lamborghini. You are the Lamborghini. <laughs> you I thought you Bristol are. Cider House was the Lamborghini of facilities. But, you know, you see what I'm saying? is like here's, totally. here's, here's the same exact clone of fruit yeah. from different sites. And, and I'm in on Neil's. In fact, this man here is the one who has encouraged me and, and been a, a voice of, of support and reason. When I've been nervous about wild fermenting things, I to this day have never pitched a ferment, and I've been doing this. The, our first bottling was two thousand nine. Works right. Well, it, it works. Drench. And I also understand that how other people want to use yeast to their mm-hmm. favor and as a culinary almost element, and that's all cool. Different strokes for different folks. I love. I love the excitement of the wildness. But more than, yeah. but more than anything, right? Like. If I'm Mark Adams, the thing that heaven I'm... Heaven forbid. The, heaven forbid, because <laughs> the music business is in trouble. <laughs> but you're, you're growing grapes and you're bringing them in and you, you're so proud of the Adams, the Collins Ranch, we'll call it. Yeah. I'm so proud of the Collins Ranch. I like Ranch. the ring of that. That sounds good. And I just want it to show what it is. I don't care about James Bear anymore. I just want that to show yeah. its personality and and that part of it whether the yeast comes entirely from the vineyard or in some of it's in the cellar I don't care I don't either it's just the personality of that wine is uh, particularly if you own your own vineyard you've planted your own vineyard and you've you've toiled in that dirt to get there that's that's the dream your heart becomes like, there your heart is fully there I mean that bottle of wine for him is like can you imagine yeah I can, I mean I do it for Tavos Creek but I'm paid to do it. It's not mine. It's not the Collins. Sure, sure, thing. sure. Which is, there's a slight difference there, you know. I mean, I'm not a Haas, right? Right. But I feel it. I mean, I feel Tobles Creek, I mean, because I'm so invested in it. I've been there for yeah. so long and I've planted it's in your blood, sure. the majority of that vineyard. Right. Absolutely. But you watch it ferment and it's like, oh. Yeah. Feeling that property is, is cool. And now, when we taste through the Tobles wines, there's this... This thread of similarity in all of the wines that come off that property, that it's like that was the dream, that was the goal. It was a display of what one little piece of land can do. And in in our area, Tablas, where Mark is, where I buy grapes from for Lo Madrone, there's very distinct differences. Like Adams Ranch is, I mean, you can blow a trumpet. I think we've talked about it, James Berry Vineyard from his house. And Justin Smith would be annoyed by that. Well, he would, he, would, he would blast back. He'd that blow was back. <laughs> Which yeah. is so cool. So it's that far away. But the yeah. soils are completely different. Dramatically different. Right. Mm-hmm. So the wines are going to be completely different. And, and that is the thing that we have to guard by not using too much yeast that came from somewhere else. Right. Not using too the much oak that came of, from somewhere else. Enough, maybe, yeah. but not to mask the purity of that place. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's my dream. If there was a vineyard, each of you, and that you could just, like, what do they call it when the government takes a, a, a land from you? Um, what's that word? Steal? No, no, it's, it's, it's pretty much, but it's, there's a word for it. When the government, like, usurps yeah, your yeah, land. Yeah. Anyways, whatever. I'll ask you this way. If you could have one vineyard on the Central Coast and it just be yours all of a sudden with a snap of a finger, what vineyard, what place would it be? Wow. Well, it's as easy for me. It's just, it's the, it's the home ranch. No, but that is yours. Come on, no, play it's with not. me. It's it's oh, play with use you. Use your imagination. Yeah, use your yeah. 
world of imagination. I'm going to go with Adam's Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice choice. What about you? Uh, well, if you could I, own Biennacito, I, I wouldn't want it. Okay. I, would, I wouldn't want the responsibility. They're doing a terrific job. I mean, I'm, 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 I feel lucky that you're that missing the hypothetical. You're missing the weight of the hypothetical. I would say a blank piece of dirt. Uh, somewhere okay, in, in, be- in between uh, uh, to triangulate our place, Tobles Creek, and and the ocean, uh, and and try and find somewhere that's a lowlands, highlands, somewhere that can do cool, cool climate. Syrah, okay, uh, which is what uh, sort of when we were starting was something that, and I think 100% whole cluster when we started was something that I'm sort of veering away from. Uh, n- not for any other reason except that I'm I'm still playing with with a lot of things. But yeah, I would want to do. Which never ends, right? I mean, it never ends. I would take if I could have one vineyard yeah. that I make one. It would be the the old Bailey Shannon Blanc vineyard. That's the vineyard I'd take. Cool. Eminent domain. That was the word I was thinking of. Ah. Right. They took half my sidewalk from my house with that. Uh, did they really? Yeah. Damn. Well, <laughs> I wonder what Trevi's going through with the roundabout. I know. I love the roundabout. That just that just opened up. I love the roundabout fan. But I look at it differently. I think God, what are the County going through dealing with Trevi on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, who knows? Did they have to eat into some of his land to do that? I don't know. I'm sure they must. That, that is not my he, business. He I don't did know. not go away quietly. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah, because this is just. I mean, if you're coming into Paso now, and I didn't discuss it with him. <laughs> the so corner of the 46 and Vineyard. There's now a big circle roundabout. I think it's going to be gorgeous. They're going to do something tasteful. Uh, you know, at county supervisors, if you're listening right now, we're going to do something tasteful with that. It's going to look great. People are going to not get in crashes at that intersection. We're not going to lose lives at that intersection. And people just need to know that you yield to the left yeah. and let's get it on. Like, everybody calm fantastic. down. We'll get, well, we'll get there faster. That's the greatest What thing. do you mean a roundabout? Well, geez, it's easy. You've got to be 10% smarter than the tool. That's yeah. all it. You know, come on. Right. You just you look at the sign. If there's somebody coming to your left, let them go first and go. It's yeah, easy. that's it. Then you use you know your blinker if you're going right. If you're going like let's say you're you're going from Cambria to to uh, the freeway to the freeway to the 101. Yeah. Then you know you're going around and then you put your right blinker on so the guy who's going up Vineyard Drive to Tobles Creek knows that you're going right. I mean it's it's, it's so funny. rocket I mean, I science. Grew, I, grew right. I grew up in a world of roundabouts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, of course. Right? That's all I mean, the whole thing. Right. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's and it's great because you know when you're a kid, you see how fast you can ride a motorcycle around a roundabout at one in the morning until you fall off. It's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Was it Big Ben Parliament? <laughs> Big Ben right? Parliament. Uh, okay, I want one more question. Last question before we get into like how people can find you, taste you. Is there any medicine so that you're going to let that. them buy? We rephrase that, <laughs> Taste your wines. Taste your wines. I'm sure that Neil and I both agree that no one <laughs> salty. needs to go down that road. It's salty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's salty. Ledge, how can people learn about you, visit you on the web, and taste wines? I thought you had one more question before you yeah. even do that. Yeah. You, you know, well, you kind of spoiled the moment. I, late. Well, you, you spoiled the moment because the question was, and I asked it, but you guys were all laughing. You didn't hear it. Is there any medicine so you're going to let Neil maybe get his hands on? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think like half time. That's right, like a bin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One day, or let him wet his beak, Alex, for five hundred. <laughs> Ledgevineyards.com. 
Ledgevineyards.com. You can Google Ledge wine on, on the Google machine, and you'll find us. What do these go for? These wines that we had today. The uh, the estate. <laughs> they command. What command do you? What oh, price do you command? I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> God. So we command for the estate. <laughs> <laughs> for the estate Shit. vineyards. I want to buy it now. So much ball busting. Uh, so we command for <laughs> <laughs> for the Adams Ranch, the James Berry, and the Biennacito, those are 65 bucks a bottle. Oh. And the blend, which is the MCA Cuvée, that's a 40 buck bottle. All right. And uh, <laughs> the rosé and your, uh, the Nebula is so pretty. I don't know it's what good. I command. All really. right. <laughs> I think the... <laughs> An audience, hopefully. Just, well, what's the website? How, how, I mean, you're on the... Uh, you go to Telomadron. Lomadrone.com. Do we all, do we need West? Everyone Googles everything. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. Nebula, I think, is Your a, by appointment is a only, I'm sure. insanely uh, reasonable price. It's in the 20s. Rosé, I think, is 35. The hike, it's, as we spoke of earlier, 24, 24 bucks for, for a four-pack. Four pack, red, white, or rosé, whatever you want. Or you can buy buy the can, which is a quarter of that, obviously. Um, and we go across the gamut. I mean, I think our most... Pricey wine is probably the Bolo, which is up in the 60s, and um, we don't get much less than Nebbio. It's probably the... You're by appointment there, right there, correct? We're by appointment there. I mean, it's worth a try walking in there. If you're in town you want to give it a go, if there's an open table, we'll, we'll find you a seat. Great food by Jeffrey Scott. Beautiful views On the there. weekends, beautiful views, yeah. great place, beautiful ambiance, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Bristol Cider has just starting to get back open, but even still, you can sit outside. Um, we'll have music. Mark will be here at some point, but we'll have music back soon, let's hope. Yeah. Just Google We're it. a bit harder to find at Bristol's, but it's worth the effort. You can come in here, you can get Hike at Loma Drone or Bristol's, whatever you want. You guys have fun with this? Yeah, man. With what? I always, with a, talking to me here, damn. Well, you're, you're a little bit bland company, but I like right. He's like an, he's like an <laughs> hour late suck. too. I was right? like 15 minutes behind because I have a full time job. Three, I'm three sorry. In. I apologize I, profusely. I walked in here like you half know you an can hear your post on on your show, was, but you can't hear your post in your appointments. Oh god, I can't yeah, believe missed the appointment <laughs> post. I walk in here and he in his polo shirt, he's laying on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> You've been here all day. <laughs> well, I, I showed up 15 minutes early. So if you care, you show up a little early. Absolutely. Yeah, which is appropriate, well, Adam. Anyways, I, you know I love both of you individually. To have both of you together. I Just mean, annoying. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could have done this for hours, guys. Like <laughs> Grading. I, this is going to be like two, this is gonna be like two episodes. Again. It's uh, 18 hours Mark of Adams editing. Mark anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Equals uh, recipe for disaster. <laughs> Well, I just can't thank you enough. I love you both, and uh, thank you for talking to me about where wine takes you. I'm going to pour a little glass so we can have a, a nice cheers like gentlemen. I'm going to go with rosé because you would. I was going to go with Sasso, <laughs> but I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, gentlemen. Where wine takes you. So give me that long time. We'll get by. We pass on around till the job is Camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. My infinite thanks to Neil Collins, Mark Adams, two authentic, albeit salty, but authentic dudes nonetheless. And what's so cool is you can taste that, not the salty, the authentic. You can taste authentic in their wines. It's part of it. I mean, it's not tangible, but it's undeniable. It's pretty cool. I really enjoyed that conversation a lot. 
Well, this weekend is Wine Fest in Paso Wine Country. Hit up PasoWine.com for any and all details and info. Lots of things going on. Despite the fact we're not getting silly in shorts and flip-flops in the park this year, no doubt your favorite winery is doing something special. Over 150 activities going on. So PasoWine.com is just a great resource to search by date, by winery, even by activity. So hit them up, PasoWine.com. Working on a big show for next week. Dialing in the specifics, but looking at taking you to the one and only Saxum Vineyards and a conversation with the man, Justin Smith. Fingers crossed, next time we chat, it will be from Justin's Caves at Saxum. That will be something. And yes, Wine Fest is this weekend, but we just wrapped the Paso Auction. Remember, we've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. Record amounts, so incredible. The highest lot it was that uh, new release of Saxum Wines. Went for over 7000 bucks. Unbelievable money going to a great spot. Keeping Paso sexy, keeping it on the forefront, keeping it at a world class level, baby. That's what we do. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Associate producer is Jen Bravo. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Next time you're on the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio. Weekday morning show up and Adam in the mornings on Coast 104.5. And the Cork Dorks, the wine stuff, is on the Crush 92.5. You could stream both those stations from anywhere. I kind of like visiting with you weekly. Isn't this fun? Maybe we got to figure out how to do this again. And more often, yeah? Until next week, be good, be safe. I wish you an unforgettable Paso Wine Fest experience, no matter where wine takes you. And give me that sound give out and pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify and work come. Give me that sound give out and pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify and work come. Give me that sound give out and pass on down till the job is out in the trees, we will simplify in good company. With that moonshine, we'll get by. We pass on round till the job is dry. Camped out in the trees, we will simplify in good company.